The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Mighty Joe Morin and Carl Carafel. That is right, everybody. I am Carl Carafel, alongside the curator of topics, Mighty Joe, and welcome to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah, man, here for another week of Turnbuckle Talk, and as usual, kind of you know, before we get to all kind of the goings on, how's your uh, last week been, brother? Last week has been busy as usual. I seem to work and work and work and then get a little break. And while I'm on my break and time off, I am always uh, doing other things, whether it's, uh, you know, research and doing, uh, you know, other things for uh, our two shows that we do or uh, helping friends out uh, with whatever else they may need. I don't seem to, uh, for some reason, take any time off. So, yeah. You? Kind of the same thing, you know, starting a new day job. Um, this past week, like I'd mentioned, um, well, you guys wouldn't have heard that yet because we just recorded that the other day, but uh, to keep that in mind, um, just it's been a crazy busy week uh, doing this um, podcasting, talking about wrestling stuff. I mean, with our friends over at Love Wrestling, I mean, like literally almost every single day of the week with the exception of last night's um, recap. Didn't uh, get that because I haven't actually watched the uh, WrestleMania Backlash show yet. That's something I still got to get to. But uh, but yeah, man, it's just it's been a, a crazy busy week uh, talking about professional wrestling and putting out content. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun, though, I got to say. That's good. I mean, uh, that's exactly uh, what needs to happen, right? I mean, you've only got this one life to uh, to live, so make the most of it. Absolutely. Having said that, uh, Carl, we do have to unfortunately um, kick off today's or this week's program with some unfortunate news. Um, on May 14th, it would be three days ago, uh, we did lose Jerome Young, better known to the wrestling world as New Jack. Um, what I'll do here, because this one's a tough one, I, I think that this might end up being quite an in-depth topic that we're going to get into here, but uh, I'm going to actually read the uh, the statement uh, put up by WWE. We'll do our 10-bell salute, and then we'll kind of get more into uh, our uh, actual discussion about uh, what's happened here. So uh, WWE is saddened to learn that Jerome Young, known in ECW as New Jack, has passed away today 
at the age of 58 years old. With his fierce competitive style, New Jack was well known for pushing the limits of hardcore wrestling to their furthest extremes. Young broke into the sports entertainment circuit with the Memphis-based United States Wrestling Association in 1992. Would have been just two years old at the time. Uh, upon arrival in Smoky Mountain Wrestling Promotion, New Jack teamed with Mustafa Saeed to form the Gangsta's Tag Team. The Gangsta's took shook up ECW with their debut in 1995, immediately battling Public Enemy in one of the promotion's most storied rivalries. New Jack teamed with Mustafa and Eliminator John Cronus for multiple ECW tag team title reigns. With a trash can filled with makeshift weapons and a signature staple gun in tow, New Jack became one of ECW's most popular anti-heroes, a sports entertainment firebrand who courted controversy and chaos with equal measure. New Jack left a cultural imprint with the use of Natural Born Killers by Ice Cube and Dr. Dre as his theme music that would play throughout matches. He also mentioned in the Weezer, he, sorry, he was, he was also mentioned in the Weezer single El Scorcho and appeared on the television show Early Edition and The Daily Show. Uh, the WWE extends its condolences to Young's family and friends. So now we will do a, a 10 bell salute and then we will get into uh, a discussion with Carl and myself about this. Right, folks there we go um it always pains me to have to play this on this podcast and we unfortunately have had to do it a fair amount of times um they're all tough carl but this one is especially tough because and i actually love uh, ww's right up there because you want to talk somebody you want to talk people who are passionate about professional wrestling now I would definitely you know we're not obviously workers in the business but we, we do speak about the business and I, I would definitely qualify curl and ourselves as being ones that are very passionate maybe even love wrestling um, little purposeful uh, pun there um, Jerome was one of those ones where I mean this dude like lived and breathed professional wrestling and as they, they mentioned he pushed things to the max. Um, when it came to being what he needed to be, uh, blurring the lines of reality and entertainment. I mean, just, I mean, this was a guy that he like embodied what it meant to be a, an extreme style wrestler. He definitely did. And, mm-hmm. and that was evident throughout everything that he did uh, within his professional wrestling career, um, whether it was professional wrestling or whether it was in an entertainment-based style mm-hmm. uh, company as well. Um, you're right, it is. It's extremely difficult, uh, especially when when people that you grew up watching and seeing and, and essentially following their career um, so young. Mm. So young. Yeah. Like... 
52? Um, I actually have the information here. He was uh, 58 years old. 58. Okay. So, I mean, even 58. All right. Um, I'll, I'll be 40 this year mm-hmm. in August. Like, it's only 18 more years. Yep. And it's, it hurts. It definitely does. Um, I don't, this is, I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I really am. Yep. Um, did I know this guy personally? No, no, I didn't. Did I ever step into the ring with him? No, I didn't. Did I ever uh, work with him on, on, on a show? No, I didn't. But I was known as the extreme Canadian Carl Carafel. And did I take some parts and pieces of hardcore and stuff that New Jack or Jerome did? Yeah. Yeah, definitely I did. Mm-hmm. That was um he was he was a standard. He was he was definitely a um a torchbearer. Uh, I guess you could say when it comes to hardcore wrestling and then just to with with the different factions that he was part of that that he he essentially helped uh create and 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 start just so much so much that he was he was very much so influential um and even had a little bit of an impact on on me and my career as a professional wrestler and and the extreme and hardcore so Mm -hmm. jerome thank you i'm i'm sorry thank you for me and um when it comes to this it's just it's um i'm not typically one to 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 cry on on a show um and i'm pretty good at holding them back but uh, like this one it, it hurts because um they're they're not to take anything away from the current crop of wrestling talent. Uh, this was a guy that, like like I said, he really embodied what it meant to be like extreme, and that he that this was somebody that was able to get like I'm not talking like heat, like I'm talking like nuclear heat to the point where like you wanted audience like audience members wanted to kill them. Right, yeah. like that's one of those things where, on the babyface side, that, that that's like the equivalent of uh, to maybe give a modern day example, you know, with like what Daniel Bryan did at um, at WrestleMania 30. But on the completely other other side of the coin, like to to get people to despise you that much uh, as that type of character, you have accomplished exactly what you needed to, you know. And, and, you know, and this combined too with our, you know, just um, shortly, actually put around the same time that I found out about this, you know, watching um, the Dark Side of the Ring with Brian Pillman. There was another guy that was able to do something very similar to that, to, to like get people to, and like to peel back the curtain a little while to, to what he actually managed to do, um, just, just venturing briefly off of New Jack, but kind of like in the same vein, sort of, that, that Brian was able to literally play. To, he really got to the point where like he was like working both WCW and WWE to, to, to better his situation like to, to the point where like both Vince and, and Bischoff didn't know whether they were being worked or not 
Right. Right. That, he was, that, he was definitely extreme in his own way. Right. And in that similar vein, you want to talk to somebody that like just able to, to fully accomplish that, um, John saying Hall of Fame, um, and a professional wrestling Hall of Fame. Yes. A WWE Hall of Fame. I, th- I think it would, it would almost diminish things to for him to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I think that there should be, I, I pitched for this before, like a full-on professional wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, and if there was an extreme wing, I mean, New Jack is, is, is right near the top, you know, with Terry Funk, with with Mick Foley, with um, Abdullah the Butcher Sandman. and those, those guys, uh, Bruiser Brody. Yeah. <laughs> the list is very dis- long and well, not very long, but very distinguished. And yes. uh, New Jack does have a place there. It's like I said, it's just one of those things where. And then there was like a and there was a, a very personal and very soft side uh, to him as well. Believe it or not, I mean, um, going back quite a while, you and I talking with the CW uh, Anderson, um, him talking, spending some time with New Jack, and basically saying, "Oh, this guy actually had a very fun kind of comedic." Uh, side to him as well, which was uh, which was quite something to to hear about. Um, but yeah, man, just um, a, a big loss because, like I said, there are very few that accomplish um, what he did to that level, especially these days. I mean, yeah. I don't think you could even <laughs> attempt. I mean, we're going to kind of it's that's that's essentially going to flow into our our next topic here. Um, I don't think you could do New Jack today, flat out. And, and that is and that is no disrespect to Toon Jack whatsoever, but let's just move that right into our opening topic here, Carl. Is uh, if, if wrestling would benefit from having uh, essentially another ECW? I'm talking an extreme promotion that is like at the in the upper echelon. Um, as much as I would love to to see it. I just I don't see you really being able to execute it today. Like I know that there's like that there is CZW um, still very very much a grassroots, not in the mainstream whatsoever. Um, there's Game Changer Wrestler to a certain extent, but again, you know they're you know not not in the the it's not every wrestling fan that has heard of these places. I'm talking like like a like a mainstream level extreme promotion uh, to the level of an ECW. I, I, honestly. Um, I don't see it happening for a long time. <clears throat> I don't either. Um, and I think it's, it, it's, it's because, well, yeah, it's right there. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's one of the yeah. issues. If you're not watching the video, I'll say it. The snowflakes would never let it happen. Says our friend, Don Lewis, AKA Bubba Duke. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm 100% correct. I don't think that, you know, society today would not be very uh, welcoming to that style of professional wrestling once no. again, which is unfortunate because ECW was, uh, it, it, it was amazing. It was a game changer. Uh, it, it was innovative. It was different. It was... Uh, not only did it gather a cult following, Rabbit. but it was mainstream cult following. It wasn't just a select number of people that, you know, oh, yeah, those are ECW people. Um, no, this was mainstream. At that time, everyone knew who ECW was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, CZW, you, you mentioned them. Yeah, I mean... Us 
that are a little more privy to things, yeah. we know about CZW. Um, you know, and and some people who just uh, kind of sit there and just flip through YouTube might have seen some uh, CZW yeah. stuff uh, with their extreme uh, light tubes and and barbed wire and 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 that type of stuff, right? They're they're extremely uh, shock core type of of stuff, yeah. um, but majority of that is because of bad publicity over it over what's happened right that's the issue it's a bad publicity type of thing um i would love i honestly would love to see a promotion be able to come up like that and, and yeah. be mainstream once again i would i would welcome it yeah, and you know there, there are some other issues to consider as well. Not necessarily to play devil's advocate to a certain extent, but uh, you should th- never play with the devil. <laughs> but um, the other thing to, to keep in mind too with this, you know, and, and we have seen this, you know, with the ECW and with CZW and some of these others. That style of professional wrestling—it's a hard thing to maintain. Um, for the one of the simple facts is just it, it, it's. It hurts the guys, just plain and simple. I mean, like especially like if we want to get into conversation of guys, you know, like Ab- Abdullah the Butcher, uh, like um, uh, Zandig, like uh, like Nick Gage. Um, I mean, this is just like it's it's hard to even explain to like the casual and the, the general fan out there. It's a completely different breed of professional wrestling to where like it, it's a lot of times like there's legitimate like injuries and cuts and crazy shit going on. There's just no other way to describe it. It's crazy shit with the stuff yeah. like uh, <laughs> with light tubes yeah. and cinder blocks and stabbing each other and, and ahead with skewers. I mean, just like, God damn Like it's, it, it's, it's, it's a completely different ball game. And, um, but unfortunately, like right now, like because I think we, we, we have go over the top to a certain extent, it's resulted in that aspect of professional wrestling to be very, very niche. Now, keep yes. in, now that niche is very, very loyal and very rabid, but it's very, very niche. Like it's a subset of a subset of a subset <laughs> in professional wrestling. And um, oh, yeah. it is getting some attention now, uh, you know, because of things like Dark Side of the Ring and that kind of stuff. It, it's somewhat getting uh, noticed again, but... Um, I don't think that we'll ever see um, an ECW type promotion at that level, just given the things that we've talked about, difficulty to maintain, um, health issues. I mean, with uh, with being cut and stuff all the time, hepatitis and that kind of stuff, COVID obviously right now, um, and just uh, the overall perception by the, the general public. All of those factors um, just mean that we just, we can't do it. Um, does that mean that we will never see it again? Not necessarily, but right now I don't see it. Yeah. I, I, right now I don't either. No. Um, could it happen? Yes, definitely. Uh, can I see it happening? Yes. Maybe not so much in our lifetime, Mm -hmm. but yes, I can definitely see a resurgence of, um, extreme professional wrestling coming to the forefront and limelight uh, on mainstream. Um, what will mainstream be when we're dead and gone? I got no clue. But yeah. I think at some point, we definitely will see mainstream again when it comes to extreme wrestling. Yeah. 
thankfully, a lot of this content can be watched, whether it be on the WWE Network. Um, at least for us here in Canada, I think a good portion of that content is still available. And some mm-hmm. of the places in the United States, like through Peacock, I know a lot of that kind of stuff is being censored. So it's very unfortunate for our American friends. Um, yeah. But, you know, hopefully if you still have the the VHS tapes or the, the DVDs or that kind of stuff, you'll hold on to those closely. Um but yeah, I mean, we'll always be able to, I think, look back on this kind of stuff. But going forward, it's very, very much an up in the air. Not, I won't say dead to a certain extent, because I mean, it does still live on, but just in a, in a very niche uh, place. And yeah, uh, it's one of the things so. we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think that we may be long gone <laughs> before we uh, we see uh, like a full on resurgence of it. But you know, it, it is the cra- keep in mind it is the crazy world of professional wrestling. So right? uh, I mean, I guess you can never say never. But for, for now, I think we could say unlikely. Yeah. All right, Carl, going from that um, to some AEW stuff here. And maybe not just uh, some AEW stuff, but I think it's just kind of uh, talking about it's COVID, right? That's not really at the root of the discussion with this particular topic. Um, AEW is uh, essentially saying that come July, we're running full tilt again. We're going to be touring and we're going to have full on audiences. Um there's even the rumor with WWE that supposedly SummerSlam will be happening in Madison Square Garden with people in attendance. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yes. And yet here in Canada, to a large extent, or you know, at least in the province of Ontario, um, we're still wearing these um, these things on our faces. It's a frustrating thing to talk about because I do understand the precautions to a certain extent. But at the same time, it's like a lot of our American friends are already walking around without masks on. Um, I don't even know how to really approach this topic here, Carl, because I get it. At the same time, too, I know you're probably going to approach this differently than I am. I just, I, I also don't want to see us jump the gun too much and end up right back where we were at, right? So it, it's, and I don't want to, like I said, this is a hard thing to talk because I don't like getting into. Uh, conspiracy territory at all, especially on this program, because I don't want to alienate too much of our audience. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I want to see I want to see crowds back with wrestling badly because it needs it. What do you, what do you, what's your yeah. take on this, man? I, I want to get your full on take on this. Don't hold back. Oh, you want my full on take? I want your full on take. Okay, here goes. Yeah. Love me, hate me unfriend me, delete me, block me, whatever you want after this, uh, I really don't care. Here is my full-on take. Um, Just as Don has said there, Canada's overreacting, okay? Canada's just overreacting uh, for a condition that has negatively affected 1% of those that contracted the COVID-19. Everyone has overreacted. This has become nothing but political, and I know, like, we're kind of getting into conspiracy theory shit stuff going on here. But this is how I feel. Um, I don't believe that this is as monumental as it has been made out to be. It's pretty evident when Florida and Texas reopened. And they're not all dead. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they are going without being affected by COVID-19, okay? So they have opened themselves up, yeah, and they're just fine. 
So this has all been way overboard yeah. on this entire thing. Have people gotten sick? Yes, they definitely have. Have people died? Yes, they definitely have. Now all of this is, is just agendas upon agenda upon agenda. And this is all just trying to get everyone to comply and it's about time that some of these places are starting to say, no, we're not going to comply with that. And we are going to open up and continue our livelihood because that's what it is. Yeah. When you have a government that is offering you free beer, free wings, free money, giving you all of this stuff, if you get the vaccine, there's something wrong there. Yeah. If you're having to pay people to get a vaccine, there's something wrong there. Mm-hmm. Now, on the issue of that, if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. And keep your mouth shut. Don't be out there posting all over Facebook, all of you people who aren't getting this are killing people. And don't go out there going, look at how proud and good I am. I'm such a good person. I got the vaccine. Ooh, second shot, all done. Ooh, shut your mouth. Because now you're pressuring everybody else, and you shouldn't be. But as soon as somebody says, ooh, that's disgusting, you got the vaccine, they're all over them. Mm -hmm. And that is disgusting to me. Disgusting. Just keep your mouth shut. That's all. Now, when it comes to all of this with professional wrestling, I'm happy that AEW is going back to full capacity. Because they're in Florida, and Florida has opened up. And Florida has shown and proven that opening up and saying, you don't have to wear your mask. If you're out in public, you don't do whatever you want. You don't have to wear your mask. Be as close as you want to people. All of this stuff. Everything's okay, right? The governor has even said, I'm not issuing fines. I'm not making people pay these, these ridiculousnesses. I'm not having that. It'll all be taken care of. It'll all be an all. It'll all be done. It'll all be taken care of. Don't worry about it. And they're perfectly fine. Yeah. It's been proven right there. So I'm happy that AEW is opening up and saying, hey, we're okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through this. Everything's fine. So I think if more companies start to follow suit, it'll be absolutely fantastic because then we're getting the people back into the stands and the seats and the arenas and getting exactly what we want is those people in the seats. Yeah. Now, okay, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, I do want to make sure that we're not and I'm not necessarily saying that I'm, I'm not saying that 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 you're uh with with you on this, but just uh, kind of in general, I want to make sure too that we're not being insensitive to those who have died of COVID-19 because Clearly, I mean, for, for those, because there is the, the completely radical side where people are like, oh, no, this isn't killing anybody. Clearly, it has. So we don't want to be insensitive to uh, people's families yeah. who have had people die of COVID-19. It's a reality. Um, and I do want to address something in the chat here. Uh, COVID-19 is not equal to the Spanish flu. The Spanish flu was way more inf- uh, infectious and killed a lot more people. Uh, the Spanish flu is actually one of the deadliest pandemics that this planet has ever seen. So just uh, to, I want to make that uh, correction there, uh, Don. Uh, the two are not equal by any stretch of the imagination. They are completely different. Um, yeah, I, b- I believe, just just to add on to that super quick, yeah. I believe the Spanish flu uh, was like 18% of those um, perished. Because, uh, whereas with COVID-19, it's only like yeah. 1.1%, something like that. It so. had 
largely to do with what had happened because I mean we're talking after uh, World War One, and then after the war, like everybody went all over the place. So that, mm. that, that facilitated that spreading all over the, the, the place. So, um, that, that also made it uh, far more infectious as well, because I mean, it, like it went literally like went worldwide, like almost everybody on this planet had exposure to the Spanish flu at that point. It was crazy, but, um, but yeah, man, it just, it, it, it's a frustrating thing because I, I know that, obviously there are some issues with it, but still at the same time, you know, the lifelong professional fan, professional wrestling fan in me wants crowds back. Cause I've said it before. Wrestling is at its best when we have fans, um, reacting and accentuating uh, the action going on. I, I just, I long for those days. And then like, even in our show, Turnbuckle Rewind, you know, the majority, well, all of those matches that we've been talking about have had like tons of fans, tons of great fans. Um, in that so uh i miss it yeah. and um i'm excited uh to see it back sooner than later it looks as though i just want to i just want to put this out there it looks as though what uh the point that don was trying to make is that uh, uh people are equating covid19 to like the spanish flu mm. and going that overboard okay. with um yeah with yeah. with things right gotcha. they're they're making it feel and seem as though it's as bad as the Spanish flu. Yeah, so that yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm getting from yeah. uh, from the additional comments that Don has put there. So. Gotcha. Okay, let's move on from that to. Oh wait, what do you got? Oh, I I, I just noticed I lost like sixty people off my Facebook. Oh seriously? Eh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, let's go to some w somewhat WWE related. Um, uh, a, a topic here. This one's kind sure. of a. Oh, it might not be necessarily the right term for this. Uh, it, it's very secretive, which is uh, unusual, actually, in this kind of scenario here. Um, we're talking about Keith Lee, um, probably like one of the most talented uh, big guys uh, to come along in wrestling in quite a long time. You know, definitely in the same vein as like your Shane Taylors and oh yeah and whatnot. Um, He's basically been off camera and not been doing anything for a fair amount of time here. It doesn't yep. appear to be an injury of any kind. Nope. Um, it's like just his status is just like completely up in the, up in the air. Um, it, it, it's different. Like I don't, it's been. A, I don't think I've come across something like this where like pretty well genuinely across the board. Um, people in WWE have been radio silence about it, and even like the dirt sheets and and all that kind of stuff. Like. Nobody knows what's going on with this guy. It's it's uh it's unusual to say the very least, and I'm wondering what's really going on here. And I don't even really have any good legitimate speculation at this point. Like other than you know, is maybe he just he's unhappy and possibly looking to go elsewhere. But they're trying to do their best to get him to stick around. That's about the only thing that I could even remotely think of at this point. It's been food poisoning, and he's been taking a really long shit. <laughs> 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 I have no clue, dude. Yeah. No clue. It's it's. <laughs> I, I I can't think of the last time something I guess has happened. Like I don't like I don't think even Meltzer, who has like a lot of the inside information, even he doesn't have a freaking clue. Um, I just hope that he's okay. I just hope that he's yeah. that, that that maybe I'm th- I'm thinking maybe maybe it's a mental health issue. Could be maybe because I mean we saw something similar to that with uh, like Mauro Banalo and uh, and uh, I can't think of her name. She uh, like had a very short stint and uh, impact in uh, AEW and then she you know, like didn't even debut because she f- got freaked out by the crowd. I, I forget her name. Um, 
maybe, like I said, maybe it's just a mental health issue. And if that's the case, um, step away for as long as you need to, dude, because, right. uh, and if you need to shift to more like a, like a trainer type of role and, or whatnot, there, dude, there, there's just, there's some people that when it gets to the, um, the big stage and the, and all the bright lights, some people just can't handle it. Um, I didn't think that that was necessarily the case with this guy. Again, this is all just purely speculation. I, I'm going off of nothing here. I'm just I'm trying to figure out. Like I said, at the end of the day, I just want to, I just hope the dude's okay. Me That's too. it, right? Because I mean, like he is just like persona wise, awesome, off the charts, like physicality off the charts. I mean, he's got everything that you want a professional wrestler, and it's oh, just yeah. a, it's a bummer to not see him uh, doing what he does best. It is what it is. Until we find out, we don't know, unfortunately. Yeah. So it looks like we're just going to have to sit back, <laughs> relax, and yeah. wait and see what happens when it comes to the one Mr. Keith Lee. Yeah, man. All right. Well, before we get to our breaking news and match of the week and all that good stuff here, let's take a bit of a brief break here and hear from our good friends over at Collar and Elbowbrand.com, and we'll be right back. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. All right, guys, Mighty Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. As you heard from our friend Al Snow over collar and elbowbrand.com, if you use our promo code JK Podcast at the checkout, you get 10% off your entire order. You can see it on our ticker right below there. Go and check it out. Tons of great um, merchandise, including, as I say every single week, including that hat that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that the thing isn't worn out by now. <laughs> he has oh. it all the time. It has faded. The color in it has mm-hmm. faded dramatically. It was a like uh, midnight black, like pitch black, yeah. like Joe's hat right yeah. now, um, <laughs> and it no longer is. I mean, here I, I will even for those of you that that are seeing the video, yeah. like it has uh, faded to like a uh, gray charcoal type of color. It's it's quite faded. <laughs> All right, let us get to our, let me bring it up here, breaking news. All 
So the first thing that I want to cover here is I'm not even sure how to, to kind of approach this. And I want to give him two press kind of given the nature of it. Uh, we're talking about Mr. Austin Aries, who um, just can't seem to do things that will endear him to wrestling fans. He he's a very very good at um, putting his foot in his mouth and just uh, shitting on the same people that you're trying to get over with. Uh, I don't even want to read the interactions because it's it's really bad and really negative. Uh, it's it's unfortunate to see a guy like a, of his talent to just kind of shoot himself in the foot so many times. I mean, uh, pretty much every promotion that he's been in, uh, he finds a way to ruin it for himself. It's unfortunate. Dude's super talented. Just can't get out of his own way. It, it's painful to see, um, but maybe eventually maybe he'll see the the where he's gone wrong and, and kind of turn over a new leaf, but uh, I'm not very optimistic uh, with that. But uh, it is what it is, and um, I don't want to say too much more about it. Uh, the next thing I want to just talk well, about... No, I, I, I want to jump in there for a second. Sure, go ahead, Carl. Austin Aries. Yeah. Okay. Get your head out of your ass and maybe do as the Iron Sheik says <laughs> and be a little humble, okay? Or he'll make you humble. I think that is his <laughs> yeah. biggest issue. Yeah. He has absolutely no humbleness, it seems. Yeah. I don't know the guy personally, but from every issue that has happened, that's what it seems like. It seems yeah. like he figures that he is the highest of the high and the best of the best, and nobody can tell him what to do. He needs to humble himself a little bit. Yeah. Done. Okay. <laughs> Done. Um, so going from that to Carl to, uh, like I said, I haven't actually watched it yet, but I thought we touched kind of briefly on um, WrestleMania Backlash. So did you, I believe you had a chance to watch the majority of the show, correct? Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll touch on kind of the, the I think the, the majority of the show kind of panned out like, like I had kind of expected, uh, but there was one thing. Um and I think you already know what I'm talking about. Uh, Damian Priest versus The Miz. Um, typically, when I'm expecting uh, what's referred to as a lumberjack match, you know, we have the other wrestlers there in their gimmick. Um, yeah. That wasn't what we got here. Now, I want, I want to try and approach this in, in as optimistic way as I possibly can here. Um, it's professional wrestling, right? I get it. Silly and stupid shit happens all the time in this business. But I don't know. I, I don't know which way to approach this. What, 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 I, like, I'm at a loss for words. What did you think of, of this? What did you think? You're, you're somebody that's worked in the business and you've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, this ranks right up there uh, with uh, weird, silly stuff, does it not? Absolute utter shit <laughs> when you hear about vince mcmahon saying this is such good shit yeah. this was not part of that good shit yeah this is I, I'm, I'm just calling it out like it is mm -hmm. this was just shit okay yeah um now i get it they're trying to promote a movie mm -hmm. that a former worker batista is in I get it, okay? And I understand that this might be a good way and a little bit of an opening for some developmental talent to be able to get out there a little bit and be able to take some some higher impact moves like they did within this matchup. Um, I get that, okay? This was not professional wrestling. 
This was not a professional wrestling lumberjack match. This was shit entertainment that they are trying to pass off as a wrestling match. That's all that this was that I saw. Complete, utter shit. I'm sorry. There are people out there that absolutely loved this and, and loved that they were being able to to get the you know the, the word out there for this movie for Batista and all of this stuff. I okay, cool. There are so many other different ways that they could have gone about this. They could have had that little segment where Johnny Drip Drip went to the back, saw these uh, zombies that were there, and just have the zombies roam around the arena for the rest of the night. Have them checking out the the, the screens there from the Thunderdome going, what is this? Uh, this is a person trying to, to grab and eat at the people that are in the video screen or something. While a matchup is not going on, you have that as just a little side thing and allowed that to happen to put this over. Yeah. Have, you know, between matches, have have some of the zombies come up and go over to Corey Graves and, and eat that guy's head off because I don't care about Corey Graves. Uh, so they could take him away and eat him. Okay, cool. Uh, but they ended up eating the apparently killing and eating the Miz or something in the middle of the ring while Damien Priest stood up at the... And, and like... What? What? So, okay, so 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 my, my biggest issue with this here is that you had people within the WWE that were looking at AEW and what they did with this, uh, th- this pay-per-view that they had just gone through and saying that this set it back 30 years... What the? F- <sighs> what do you think this just did? Yeah. Here's my take on this. Okay, now, again, now keeping in mind, I've only seen pictures. I haven't watched the actual match. I'm going to approach this from a bit of a different angle here, I, I, but I, I still think that our viewers and you'll even appreciate this here, Carl. Um, for me, it's not so much what they did that's the issue. For me, it's the fact that there was no context or reason for it with these two guys. If there were some context or some kind of setup to justify it, fine and dandy, it would make sense, right? Like, for yeah. for example, All In, right? We have, what was it? Uh, it was Adam Page versus Joey Janela, right? On uh, being uh, the elite or whatever their YouTube show is there, right? They, they, they literally killed uh, Mr. Joey Ryan, right? And yes. so then he came back at the show and they, they had inflatable penises. I can't word it any other way. Inflatable penises on the ramp to uh, to basically bring Paige to the back. Like it, it was dumb and silly, but it made sense in the context of what was happening. So it was what it was. This, the I, I think, the, like I said, the issue isn't what they did. It's the fact that there was no setup or context for it whatsoever. It's like, well, we weren't happy with just having the gimmick of the lumberjack match. We had to throw this in there when there was no setup for it. Like it, to me, that that's just the weirdest part of it. Like, like I said, it would, it would work if it made sense, but just like, why, why? Like I just, it's, ugh, you know, 
I'm sure my. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe uh, next week. Uh, I'll have, by then I'll have actually watched this potentially, or uh, maybe I won't even bring it up. Maybe I'll forget about it when I write the run, and we'll just move on with our lives. But uh, but yeah, man, just it, it's and what annoys me even more about this here, Carl. I was a big Punishment Martinez fan when he was in Ring of Honor, and right. the fact that he's relegated to doing comedy shtick essentially at this point. Damn, damn. And, and, and the even more frustrating part is, is that he is somebody that's defending this. Like, wow. Right. I guess at the end of the day, money, money talks and the rest, you know what, walks. Uh, when you're being paid, then I guess you got to put it over as best you can. But I uh, say <laughs> don't watch it. Um, I might not. I mean, there's so much wrestling content out there too to consume, so much better wrestling content, even done by this company that's so much better that uh, yeah, you're right, I might not even bother, but uh, I might satisfy my curiosity at some point. Um, yeah. But um, I don't think there's too many redeeming values there. The rest of the show, I mean, what was 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 pretty good. Uh, they, they did some good stuff there. I, I felt that, especially in the championship matches, that they, they booked things correctly. Um, with the yep. exception of the Mysterios, I felt that waiting for a crowd would have been a better time for that, uh, especially given that it was a big, big first that they should have uh, wait to actually get a bigger pop, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, I don't know what else to say about that particular thing. You got any other breaking news that you want to bring up, or did we uh, pretty much uh, cover what we wanted to? Uh, the only breaking news that I really have is is that um, world famous John Moxley made his way over to Game Changer Wrestling. He showed up out of the blue at a uh, Game Changer Wrestling event and yep. uh, gave the fans a worthwhile night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think that that is, that is awesome. That is amazing. Um, and that, that is what professional wrestling should be about. Um, even though he works for, uh, you know, has, has held, um, you know, championships within AEW, uh, ho- still holds uh, the United States Championship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yep. But he's able to go to these different events to be able to get himself out there a little more and get the companies that he's working for out there a little bit more as well. This this went viral. Like, this was mainstream viral for John Moxley simply going to a Game Changer wrestling event. And now more people know about Game Changer wrestling. No. Like, how amazing is that? He's lending himself, not only putting himself over, but putting this company over as well now. Not a lot of people understand that type of work. Everybody believes that if you're working for this company, you work for that company, and that's it. You don't do anything else. You don't go anywhere else. That's a bunch of bull crap, and it shouldn't (laughs) be that way. It should be open like this, because professional wrestling is professional wrestling, it's bigger than just a company. Yep. And we need to make sure that we're exploiting that. I, I will use that <laughs> word. We're, we need to exploit that. Yeah. And we need to make sure that it is not just as big as a single company because professional wrestling isn't. Absolutely. Uh, well said there. Um, I would imagine if that's where he went, that they must be setting up something with him and Gage, right? I mean, that's the, that's the no brainer, right? Yep. So probably some kind of death match between those crazy mothers, uh, will soon ensue. And, uh, <laughs> there's something I'll probably have to check out, uh, as uh, squeamish yeah. as I can, I can kind of get with some of that kind of stuff. 
All right, man. Before we move on, I know where you're going. Mm. You're going to our next little segment, right? Mm -hmm. Before we do that, though, I need to make sure that I have a drink of our (laughs) non-sponsored Dr. Pepper. There you go. We'll give him a few seconds for that. You good? I'm good. All right. Match of the week segment. Here we go. All right, so for our match of the week segment here, let's get the age-old debate out of the way here first. You first or me first? Me first. What do you got? Coming from the pre-show, I absolutely loved seeing Sheamus versus Ricochet, uh, which was available on YouTube for free to anybody that wanted to watch it from WrestleMania Backlash. Absolutely amazing. I mean, it was only seven minutes and 10 seconds long, but I was invested in the entire thing and absolutely loved it. If you have not checked that one out, Mighty Joe, go and check it out because it was fantastic. My match of the week. There we go. Uh, For myself, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone with this. Um, My match of the week is actually going to be our match for Turnbuckle Rewind coming up on Wednesday. Not Thursdays anymore. We've moved over to the Wednesday time slot. And we're talking from WrestleMania 3. Of course, we are talking about Macho Man, Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Intercontinental title. Largely accepted as one of the greatest professional wrestling matches of all time. That is a mouthful. Holy crap, it was good. And I love talking about it. And I want to watch it again now, having just spoken (laughs) about it again. (laughs) And, of course, I don't want to give it away, but there's actually some stuff that I didn't even know about uh, that match that uh, you'll have to wait and find out when we release the episode because uh, I was very, very pleasantly surprised to find out some of the inner workings of what happened there. So very, very cool stuff. All right, let us get to our final segment for this week. We're talking our Showstopper segment. All right, so for our Showstopper segment for this week, I figured we'd come back full circle with Extreme Wrestling and look back on our favorite Extreme Wrestling matches of all time here. Um in usual Mighty Joe fashion, I actually have my clear favorite and a very close runner-up here. <laughs> but um, you know what? Since you went first on our match of the week segment, I'm going to go first with our showstopper segment here. For me, my favorite extreme match, I mean, it was a no-brainer for me. Like It was, it, like it, it just popped in my head right away. Uh, for me, it, it's Hell in a Cell with Undertaker and, uh, and Mick Foley. For me, like hands down, like that's the, the the clear number one. Like for the sole for the sole reason that it's one of the most I don't even know the proper way to, to word it. Um, like when it comes to like um, gutsy performances by an individual, we're talking Mick Foley. What he went through in that match, I'm I'm lost for words. Still to this day. <laughs> What that dude did, like, like he, like essentially, like when it comes to that, that hell in the cell, especially that original one to, to just to climb that cell at the best of times is, is an accomplishment to do it after you dislocated your shoulder and your teeth are essentially have gone through your jaw. 
uh, and you've already gone through like just that everything about that. I mean, it's absolutely like ridiculously and incredible and just insane. Uh, like, I don't know any other ways to, to kind of describe it. Just like, it's one of like the craziest things that to this day that, that I've seen, um, from two of my favorites of all time. Uh, I mean, damn, like I could spend a whole hour just talking about it. Let me go with mine and then I'll let you do your second because, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I did not pick a second, but if I had to, yeah, okay, uh, Undertaker, Mankind, sure. Um, uh, Mine comes from Destination X, Mm. 2007, we are looking at Abyss versus Sting in a last rights match where Sting ultimately picked up the victory over Abyss by getting Abyss into a casket. And then the casket was raised up to the ceiling. So just, uh, you know, kind of extreme, kind of hardcore, kind of really different and and out there. Uh, But with two of, in my opinion, uh, best workers out there of all time when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, And especially Abyss, being able to do the hardcore stuff that Abyss has done in his career, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Always carrying around that little bag with thumbtacks in it uh, or that little bag that had glass shards or whatever. Um, I love Abyss, dude. Dude, Abyss is just amazing. There is my pick, Abyss. Sting Destination X 2007 Last Rights Match. Would, What's your number two? Before I get to that, uh, Abyss, oh. I've always thought of, he was like a combination of Undertaker, Mankind, and Bruiser Brody. That's about the best way I could describe Abyss. I mean, that do, dude yep. has done some crazy insane stuff. And uh, yeah. That's about all I can say. Absolutely incredible. Uh, my very, very, very close runner-up for this year, Carl. I was torn uh, whether to actually pick this as my my actual favorite. Uh, we're going back to WrestleMania 12 in 1996 here, and you may already can see where I'm going with this here. We're talking about the Hollywood backlot brawl with Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Goldust. Um, you wanted to talk something that like blurred the lines between reality and fiction or entertainment or wrestling or whatever you want to call it. Um, this was one of those moments where like there was some legitimate shoot stuff that happened here, like punches and like uh, vehicle stuff. I mean, dude, like we even, right. we even went like completely insane and we even included chase the, the part of the chase footage from the OJ chase. I mean, wow. I mean, this is like one of those truly iconic things that this would be something that's a future turnbuckle rewind match. Absolutely. Um, this is like still like one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time that just happens to so just happens to include my favorite professional wrestler of all time and Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, like you want to talk like, like just iconic moments in in professional that, that for me, like this ranks right near the top. This is like something that I'll be like 80 years old and I'm still going to be a fan of this. Like it, yeah, it just, it, no, it definitely, was, definitely. It was so like, just like everything about it is just like, so like over the top professional wrestling. 
It's just absolutely fantastic. Yep. It's something that uh, that uh, I want to uh, maybe even after we're done doing this and I've got everything recorded, I might sit down tonight and actually watch that. That's how much I want to see it again and how much of a fan I am of uh, uh, both of those guys and just what they executed there is like stuff of uh, history and legend and uh, Hall of Fame worthy and all those other stuff. Here's a little something from our loyal friend and listener, Don Lewis, a.k.a. Bubba Duke, Hardcore Holly, when they went and wrestled outside the arena uh, into the Mississippi River. Um, Yeah, uh, definitely something there that is a little bit hardcore, a little bit extreme. Um, Yeah, the Mississippi River, especially, I believe at that time, would have been like frigid, cold. So, yeah, yeah. There we go. (laughs) All right, man. Well, I guess that about wraps up here for this week. We covered a lot of territory this week, uh, talking about some unfortunate stuff, talking about stuff that delights us, some stuff that is frustrating. We were like, we covered like the whole gambit here this week. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, but before we do go here for this week, Carl, I want to give you the floor to uh, talk about our wonderful sponsors before we check out for today. That's right. Phoenix over at FNXFit.com is where you can go for all your supplement needs and workout shirts and shorts. Go and check them out at FNXFit.com. Use our promo code TBTALKPOD and you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase over at FNXFit.com. We spoke earlier about our friends over at collarandelbowbrand.com and how amazing are they right now? They do have tribute shirt for New Jack available for purchase with the proceeds going to New Jack's family. Go over to collarandelbowbrand.com. Make sure you use our promo code JKPODCAST. You're going to get 10% off your entire purchase on Anything and everything that you purchase from there, whether it's brand new or clearanced merchandise. And make sure you check out some of those tribute shirts because all the proceeds from any of those tribute shirts go to the family of that friend and fallen hero. So make sure you check out collarandelbowbrand.com. Use that promo code JKPODCAST. Absolutely. And... Just to re- reiterate again, coming up this Wednesday on Turnbuckle Rewind, Steamboat versus Macho Man for Turnbuckle Rewind. Uh, I'm stoked for you guys to hear it, and I hope you'll be ex- as excited as we were to, to do it to uh, for you guys to listen to it and uh, watch along if you so wish. So there we go. And for all of you thousands of people that have now unfriended and unfollowed me, just go and follow us on our social media pages then, okay? At TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's going to be the best place for you to go. Um, you don't have to listen to my BS, but you can still get the great content coming from Turnbuckle Talk. That's at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There you go. All right. We'll see you guys on the next one. It's me, it's me, it's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content 
especially enough by the flagship show. You can find that all at GiveMeTheBucks.com. Run.